Hey, my name is Alan McCardle and this is Methods to the Madness. Methods to the Madness is a series of discussions where I'll be speaking to businesses and individuals to learn what, how and why they do what they do. Some of the things I love the most about my job and the events industry is the amazing people and experiences you meet and discover on a day-to-day basis. Unfortunately, due to the current circumstances, I haven't been able to do as much as I'd like to. Because of this, I decided to build a small studio in our office here in Ranelagh, so when it is safe to do so, we can continue to meet these interesting people. I thought this could be a genuine way for people to learn from others and give like-minded people the chance to be inspired to do different things. I'll be speaking to all sorts of creative people throughout the series, from company directors to concert promoters, chatting about everything from entertainment to the environment. This is a part of our business that I plan to develop further as time went on, but due to the majority of our work being paused until further notice, things have fortunately been brought forward. On this week's show, I spoke with Keenan Lynch and James Gavin of Grooveyard Event Management. Grooveyard is an award-winning event management agency and the only company to win gold for best event management company at the Event Industry Awards three years in a row. Grooveyard are responsible for entertaining thousands of people every year from managing mass gatherings such as St. Patrick's Day Parade and Riverfest in Limerick, brand activations at festivals such as Electric Picnic and Longitude Festival, and for any Irish rugby fans, you'll be sure to have seen some of their work at the Guinness Six Nations. I'm delighted to have Grooveyard as my first guest on this podcast, and I hope you can take something from our refreshing conversation that we had. So let's see how we got on. Are good. Things are yeah. good. We're actually, believe it or not, we're actually working harder than we ever were. Um, fully. Um, we're just talking about that today about going back to the office. No one wants to go back to the office, basically. Really? Yeah, you're finding it. You're finding it productive. Being there. Yeah. You look. I mean, we're not doing. We're not doing what we love to do. We're not doing the live events. That's what it's all about for us. That's what makes people tick and keep them motivated. Yeah. But, from a work point of view, people are being very productive at home in terms of like we're doing a lot of kind of development of the business and we're doing uh, we're actually pitching a lot for different brands and stuff like that. So it's a good opportunity to really get stuck into that. But um, you know, and, and updating our systems and kind of looking at different innovative ways of delivering you know our objectives for the clients and what we do and how we do it and um, you know. You know, all our uh, the back-end systems that we didn't really, we haven't really kind of cleaned up over the last couple of years that we've been so busy. It's just, yeah. so when we get back out there, we're going to be hitting the ground running, hopefully. So, and it got everyone a chance to kind of collaborate a bit more, believe it or not, on Zoom. Like, because we have more conversations as a group now than we ever had. We're probably talking three, t- twice a day as a whole team, which is, you know. Yeah, it's really, it's really, it has really helped a lot of places, you know, being able to get used to, I suppose, conversation online like this, you know, and I was sort of surprised, I was wondering how you guys are going to manage, you know, there's obviously, I don't, I don't know how many people are still working with you, but there was about 15 or 20 last time I checked. Yeah, there's um, us still in there. It's so. still in around that number, so like that's, yeah. you know, that's pretty good going, I think, being able to manage um, from your home, that sort of team. Yeah, well, people, our team are kind of used to working pods, so basically they'd have um, kind of they'd be feeding up to the senior event manager of their different pods, whether it's experiential or live or whatever it is. Right. So they're kind of used to working on their own kind of initiative and used to working. And then obviously from a group aspect, from a creative point of view and all that. But in terms of people being self-motivated, 
it's a funny industry because you have to um, have that drive. If you're not doing it really, you know, you're doing it for the buzz of the events, everyone in, 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 in with us anyway. That's what I find. And you don't, the integrity and the kind of self-motivation is there. So mm. but in terms of communication, it seems to be we're communicating more now than we ever did, aren't we, Keelan? I think we are, anyway. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I'd say about it is there seems to be an awful lot of calls. You obviously have your company-wide calls, but then you have so many calls broken out that they all kind of stack up. So sometimes it's just trying to manage, you know, James might need to jump on a call with me, but then someone needs to jump on a call with James. There seems to be calls everywhere, and right. you have now a half an hour for everything. So sometimes it can be difficult enough just to get stuck into that task in hand. Um, but but I, I think, as James said, we're constantly on calls to each other. Uh, it, I, I think it's great. We started doing this thing recently there um, where James has gotten some of the juniors to host, to chair the meeting and it builds up a lot of confidence. You know? Oh, yeah. Perfect. If you ask the seniors the question, like, what are you working on today? You know, where are you with X, Y, and Z? So it's great for the juniors to just build their own confidence. So if you were to go, like, to open the office again in Dublin, Keelan, would you be, you know, would you have everyone back at the same time or... Is it, is it the type of thing, you know, you might have to do one day on, four days off or something like that? Well, I suppose James was just talking about that there today. I suppose he's the best one there to speak on that. Uh, well, Keelan, we definitely won't be having you back anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no surprise there. <laughs> um, we're kind of leaving it up to people, like... We never you know, really like, I mean, I mean, if it's easier to if it's easier for some things to discuss projects or you know, um, you know, be be more hands on. I suppose for the issues that you are having having to call every half an hour, or every hour of the day. Yeah, I mean, there's an awful lot of benefits, obviously, with having people in the office together and all that. But I think it will be kind of um, it won't. It may not. The whole landscape may be different in terms of will it be Monday to Friday. Um, every day in the office. I think for some teams it might be, for some others it mightn't, and then for a kind of company-wide collaboration we'd have, you know, we'd have, we're looking at, you know, two definite days for everybody, and then, so we're not really sure. Look, it's, a, it's an emerging landscape for us, and it's great because we're getting to understand um, you know, things way, way, things we can do differently. So it's mm. kind of emerging, but I mean that conversation is actually only starting really because yeah. we have kind of a bit of a roadmap now. We know where we're going. You know, we're open to go back from the well the eighth of June, but we'll push it out to the twenty eighth because we don't need to. It's not a necessity for us to work from an office. Yeah, so I think it's the 29th of June or something. So mm. kind of we know where we're at with that now. So I think as we emerge it's going to be um, a mix of both. I think it's going to be a mix of both subject to what suits people as well as what suits our clients and what suits the projects. So every project is different. Every client is different. Every, everything, that's the beauty about what we do is every single event is different. So that will be, will be synergizing, you know, based on what the event is and what the teams are and work work around that and what's best for the team what's best for the various pods and what way they want to do it so sometimes when you let them decide look we're going to go into the office this today we're not going to be there tomorrow because it's going to be better off for us from a commute point of view or whatever it might be so there's going to be a lot of more freedom I think yeah 
And I suppose, I don't know, you know, how you work in your business, but financially, you know, if you are using your office again, do you have rent to pay or how do you, how do you, have they been frozen on you for the time being? Uh, well, we're fairly lucky because we own our building. So we have, um, you know, we were in the business a while. So we built up a good kind of, um, we're not too, we're not too um, reliant on, on, on uh, talking to banks in terms of freezing stuff and all that kind of thing. Luckily enough, we've built up, um, we're around a few years. So financially, it's not really, financially has not, and it's not really, um, it's not going to have an impact either way. Okay. And I think productivity, it's really, it's negligible, the financial impact. I think having the office here is going to be strong. Look, I'm all for getting people into the office together. And I think, but it's, it's going to be a lot of, some people are more, it's all about the person. Some people yeah. are more productive at home. Some people are more productive in the office. Some people want to work in the office. Some people don't. So I think it's kind of finding those touch points that suits everybody, but suits the business as well. And now we have, it's, we've more freedom to try and explore that and kind of see how we get on with that. But financially, it's not, it's negligible really. Yeah, yeah. But like, I suppose, I suppose from, sorry, go on, don't. Go ahead, Keelan. Just from, I suppose, our point of view, uh, with having an office in Galway in Dublin, we were kind of used to the virtual world before this all kicked off. We've had offices in Dublin, Galway, and we've, we've a team down in Limerick as well for the last five, six years. So we've always had this virtual thing. We do weekly meetings where the two teams will meet weekly, but every day we'd always have a virtual call anyway. So there's nothing really new there to us in the virtual sense in the last couple of years. We're doing it anyways. Yeah, regarding with when working yeah. together, you know, you're fairly productive. Yeah. That's good. Um, and I saw you, I, I actually just came across your website and I know a lot of other companies are doing it at the moment. They're, you know, they're looking at virtual events. Is, is that, you know, a thing at the moment? Are there clients, you know, inquiring yeah. about that? Well, I suppose, like, if we're, if we're honest, you know, our bread and butter is events. But obviously, yeah. we're putting that into a virtual space now. Um, we've just done, we did an event there, Riverfest, which is one of our flagship events. And we, we made that virtual. With the Heritage Green did a live concert. We had over 66,000 um, views on that. Cecilia Holman Lee did a fashion, a fashion Friday, which is part of the festival that we'd usually run over the Maybank holiday. That had another 60, 62, I think, thousand um, people watching that and then we did this uh, firefighting chef he did a demonstration on barbecues uh, throughout summer with another 8,000 or something like that so collectively we had over 140,000 people tune in over the Maybank holiday for this event so we're, we're very happy with them numbers it's the first time we've we've ever put Riverfest on a virtual platform and you know the, the uptake on it was absolutely huge and um, I personally anyways was delighted to see them kind of numbers yeah, I actually tuned into it. Uh, I saw the most of the demonstrations you just spoke about, and I, like in fairness to the virtual world, like the impact, the impressions, the amount of impressions you know you can, and the ways you can reach people online is staggering compared to physical events. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, much. And you've just, opened, you've just opened to a global audience. Like yeah. anyone in the world can tune in. So anyone, you know. This is the for, for, for the for for the people that are behind the camera, uh, for the people that are in front of the camera, for the people wherever they are in the world. It's, it's you're, you're creating. It's actually more exciting 
and knowing that the whole globe or people from all, not particularly for Riverfest, is in the whole globe tuned into it. But um, there were, I think, 18,000 people outside Ireland tuned into it. I mean, yeah. which is a reach you're never going to get from a live perspective. But the reality is, we're all about live. You need live. You need the, the yeah. you know, that's what the human interaction, we need that human interaction. Virtual, look, you know, it's, it's, it's bridging a gap at the moment. Mm. From a demand perspective, from client demand perspective, it suits some clients, it suits, doesn't suit others. They're of the same, you know, opinion as ourselves in terms of, look, how long is this going to happen for? Do we invest in a full, uh, like we use various platforms and you've, uh, do we invest in, 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 in a platform for a year or do we just invest once off? So there are very various, you know, budgetary questions there from the client's perspective as well. But look, we're having a virtual meeting. You, know, you can do it for nothing as well. So yeah. it's all about what, how you want to scale it. Um, so on, from a big scale, big event, um, you know, large numbers, and to run something seamless, you need a company like us. Um, but from small team, you know, everyone's access to Zoom. You know, everyone can do a quiz on Zoom. So, you know, in terms of the value add for us and what we can bring to the table, it's only from the big scale. Um, I, was, I was wondering, you know, you've, you've got some clients. I, I know, uh, is it JTI is one of them who they'd have issues marketing around the world, obviously, because they're tobacco related. Is that an issue that they're having, what they would have with virtual events, I wonder, or is, you know, is it actually easier for them to brand? Because, you know, like, well, the majority of their stuff is, is live, isn't it? Go ahead with that, sorry. Um, I think, look, I mean, people are going, depending on the subject of the brand, no matter what it is, if it's alcohol, tobacco, whatever it is. I, I mean, the, the, the platform is online digitally for, for these guys anyway. Like, see, the more and more spend in terms of their investment is, is digital. So, um, as opposed to live, you know, and the live experience drives the digital. That's the reality of it. So, from, from any of the brands that we work with, the content is going to drive the interaction in terms of the legislation around the interaction. Um, it's, there's no major barriers, you know, uh, no more than an alcohol brand, you know, so, um, you know, that's, that there's no major barriers for them. They have, they're not really doing anything, you know, differently, essentially in terms of legis from a legislationary point of view. Okay. But, these guys are, are, we're doing digital, you know, um, with brands for the last 10 years. So um, in terms of virtual events, some we're translating some events that we do, like Riverfest, from live to virtual because it's relatively easy to translate that. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to do that for if you're doing a brand event at Electric Picnic or if you're doing a brand event at Longitude, probably not because... EP itself, you know, that's, 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 that's them. Um, uh, Live Nation, that'd be kind of their, their bag to, to drive that as, as um, an agency for a brand that activates at it. Uh, it probably doesn't translate. Yeah. 
I suppose one thing, Owen, um, a lot of the kind of virtual events we do for these companies that you're talking about, it would be in-house. So it would be them and their offices across the globe that we'd be hosting an event for them in-house. You wouldn't have any any issues then because it's not to the general public. Yeah, business to business. Okay, I get you. Um, so in regards to the festivals, you know, I know, um, you know, Electric Picnic, you mentioned there, James. What, how do you sort of see it for 2021? Like, I, I sort of worry that there's, I just hope there hasn't been some major dent put into the industry and, you know, we're all going to be fucking out of a job or something. Uh, especially with the, you know, what we do, we do structures and outdoor work. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, listen, we got through the world wars. We got through the Spanish, um, you know, flu. We got through, like, there was a pandemic in, 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 in the 50s and the 60s. You know, so I mean, the, the, the humans are resilient. Like, we're going to move on. You know, we're, it's always kind of the press, the press are all about, you know, sensationalism, making it as bad as possible. You know, worst case scenario, uh, people are getting paid to say, you know, the worst people are getting paid to say, you know, the most shocking pieces. The reality is, we'll move on from it. You know, um, it's a difficult, it's difficult for life for what we do at the moment, obviously. Um, but I mean, we're, it's a good time to innovate, but I'm, I'd be very confident that, you know, obviously this year is gone, you know, that's, yeah. but I mean, no matter, social distancing and events are never going to work. That's never going to happen. No matter how much talk there is about that or about how, how people try and fantasize within the industry. Uh, you know, it's not really going to, they don't work hand in hand. So I, do, I think, you know, we'll be, there'll be either, we're talking about a vaccine or people will, it'll be, be able to be controlled, whether there, there, there will be, you know, immediate tests. So, I mean, it's whether there's immediate tests for entry or exit or whatever it is to an event, um, you know, so you get a test within five and ten minutes, and you know, people innovate, scientists innovate. I can see this is this is only two, three months old. Like realistically, yeah. we're we're in what now? We're in May, so we got shut down in March. So six or eight, what is it? Eight, ten weeks. So yeah, yeah. the whole thing is completely new. It's and it's like anything that's hit any generation. Suddenly, it's always going to be panic, and press are going to jump on it, and it's. But we're going to we'll learn to deal with it, and it's going to be things are going to, as far as I'm concerned, anyway. Things, as I say, this year is probably written off, but I can see things getting going back. And when they come back, I personally feel they'll come back with a bang. People have short memories, we're resilient, and things will just rock. That's the way I see it. Now, yeah, that's what I was hoping for. Like when we got when we got shut down first, I was thinking, you know, this can be brilliant give us two months and people will come back. They've been locked up for two months. You know, they, they want to just go mad, but obviously it's going on a bit longer than I expected. Um, in regards to the IRFU, I know you do a bit of work with the IRFU. Any idea if there's going to be any rugby played this year, Keelan? Um, obviously there's talks at the moment between the November series and finishing off the Six Nations and kind of waiting to see what what other nations are doing behind closed doors I know the Bundesliga is back this weekend so it'll be yeah. interesting to see what they do it's talks of basically playing everything behind closed doors um, I suppose the catch them for us is to create an atmosphere within the stadium but then also to create an atmosphere at home for the TV viewers because they're the only viewers now there's no one within the stadium so we really have to make an impact um, I'm sure you've seen some matches there 
we, we, this has happened before where some of the matches were really dull because there's no atmosphere within the stadium. So they're the challenges, I suppose, uh, that we'll face is creating that atmosphere um, for the I players, always, first and foremost. Yeah, I always thought, like, whenever any sort of, you know, stadium I was ever in, I always thought that it would be a good idea to, you know, install PA systems around the place and just have a background, you know, some sort of background effect, crowd noises or something, you know, because there could be, there's stadiums out there where, you're better off in a just an open park than actually being watching something, you know. Yeah, I suppose. Look, it worked. It worked well for the UFC. They did it there recently. Everybody thought it was going to be a bit of a flop, but um, the UFC oh, did yeah. the first behind the closed doors event, and it really gave you an insight into the game. But I personally think a stadium is all about the atmosphere. Like when you're in the Aviva and you're fifty-two thousand people shouting, or whether you're at home but you're still listening to the commentary, which has all the thousands of people shouting, that really is what creates the atmosphere. So that's the challenge. That will face, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see to see to see how it all goes. Um, as James said, I think I think the way forward is if we don't get a cure, is a quick test that you know you go in a line five minutes later. Okay, you're clear. You go on in. I think you know worst case scenario. I think that would be the way forward. But um, I personally would be looking forward to stadiums being open again for matches and, and having that buzz around around the stadium. There's yeah. nothing. Like you know, show calling at a ma- on a match day. You know, when you have everybody watching and you have the television and whatnot. I can see. Um, I'd say they're they'll be playing behind closed doors anyway for for September October. I think September October. You know, they, they, I mean, they're aiming towards that, and they're aiming towards doing the, trying to fit in two seasons into one. So I can see them playing now. Obviously, that this is what you know. They're all everyone's aiming towards that. Um, Martin Murphy's ready to go kind of um, behind closed doors in the Viva Stadium. So the IRFU wanted, the FAI wanted. I mean, I I can see, you know, we can see, I'd say we'd be seeing rugby again in probably September, October. Okay. Um, we could do with it, badly. Yeah, we could, of course. Uh, <laughs> turn it into a worldwide sport in seconds, I'd say they would. So uh, in regards to the... Uh, recovery plan that the government put out I know they, they like I'm sort of looking at phase four phase five like phase four for us I suppose makes more sense there might be some private gatherings occurring mm. do you have any do you have any idea James um, you know they've, they've mentioned large mass ga- or large gatherings returning mm. in phase mm. five I like that's really up in the air for me uh, that's uh, August 10th or something is it 10th of August I think it is yeah so I don't think, I mean, it is up in the air. I think that's kind of, you know, it's going to be down to the agency or it's going to be down to the company or whatever it is to be able to um, essentially risk assess whatever they're doing. And if it's within, you know, the parameters of, of I mean, there's insurance issues as well, of course, but if it's within the parameters of, you know, trying to be as safe as you can and putting everything in, in place like anything else, but, you know, I think they're kind of more focused on if you have a gathering of over 100 people, whether it's a religious gathering or whether it's like you can call anything an event, can't you? So whether it's a religious gathering, you know, having two, two meters between everyone on seats. and But I can't see, you know, large gatherings over five, at that early. I can't see that happening in Round Oaks. Yeah. We did. We had a wedding booked in. Um, it was. It's actually. I think it was the 9th of August, the day before Phase Five was about to announce, and um, that was. You know, that was pulled. One because, you know, for the likes of a wedding, 
maybe it's too early anyway there was only it was only 80 people at it um you know but it, it, everybody would be like walking on glass nearly so yeah you're too anxious i mean yeah. you enjoy yourself yeah, so, you know, I'd say the whole wedding industry has been pushed out. Any large sort of wedding has been pushed out to 2021. But, you know, they were they were advised by a, a, a TD, I'm not sure what party, but they were advised just to pull it and what she had heard herself. So, um, But even if enjoy it, even if they were told, look, oh, you can have less than 100 people and would you have to do this and you have to do that. It's like anything. It's like trying to say that, oh, we can do an event, but there's going to be social distancing. You're not. It's never. You can do an event with social distancing, but no one's going to enjoy it. Yeah. You know, that, that, what about uh, corporate Christmas parties? I know you do a lot of those. We, we, have, we have. We have. Uh, we do a lot of that, but I can't. I don't see it coming back for Christmas. Potentially at a push, maybe. But I think from a, a corporate social responsibility point of view, I think they'd be quite anxious this year to push it out unless there was, you know, there's a precedent and things, things would all want to be almost rocking for eight or 10 or 12 weeks before they commit to, to a company commits to something like that. And at that stage, everything should be organized anyway. So I think it may as well write it off to Christmas. Um, I, I just can't see it happening, but yeah. um, I can see a new leaf next year. I can see things turning. And I think even by the end of the year, I think everyone will be on top of it. We just learn to live with it. Yeah. There's learn a couple of things, you know, like if you're watching around the, uh, Europe and the rest of the world, Germany, for instance, they've, um, they're allowing exhibitions in their, their next wave of reopenings, uh, which is pretty positive, I suppose. But I don't know if they, what sort of route they took. They, they seem to have a pretty... They seem to do it quite well, whatever way they did it. Their numbers were really low throughout the, a few weeks. They were locked in, but that you know that's that gives a glimmer of hope, I think. For yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure this you can look. There'll be people running exhibitions and there'll be people running events and all that, but you know they'll be so highly regulated in terms of the movement of them. You know, are they going to have the impact? Not, I don't think in the next few months. But I think it definitely they may be given the green light, but will they have the impact, the brand impact, or the, for the impact for the exhibitor, or for the for the company, or whatever it is? I don't know. Are they going to have that in terms of um, you know um, the, the 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 investment? Mm. So realistically, Owen, I think it'll be next year. Yeah, yeah. Can you manage? We've worked on a few of the exhibitions that we've done, and I suppose the key factor everybody wants to know after the exhibition is what were the numbers? What is, what's the footfall? Yeah. So for an exhibition to work, it's going to be a click in, click out, 10 people in at a time, someone clicking them out as they go out. It's not going to get the numbers that you want. When you put on an exhibition, it's about how many you can get in through the doors at Sea Everton. So it's not really a win-win. It's yes, you're putting on the show, but are you getting the numbers, which, which is the obvious outcome that everyone for the sake of it I mean we wouldn't never we, we wouldn't we wouldn't be an advocate for it anywhere at the moment yeah yeah well I suppose if it can be done to the you know I, I, to be honest with you I'd be surprised if any you know any suppliers or any anybody like that are even going to invest I, like we did we do a, another conference or a exhibition ourselves at the end of August uh, which is still you know at the moment it's on the cards but it's it would be capable. Their numbers are something like 1,500 people over three or four days. 
So if you break that down, three or 400 people a day, it might work. And there's a lot of area to cover. Mm. So if there's any way, if there's any sort of, I suppose, live events or any, any sort of uh, mass gathering of some sort that will be introduced again, I'd say trade shows from an events point of view will be the first thing back. Yeah, probably. And people will have things like, there's the other side to it. People have the hunger for it as well. People want to, um, you know, do get out there and do something. So there is this, the, the element of the hunger for it as well, but it's just about, is the investment going to make sense for the brand or whoever, whoever our client is, you know, that's the reality. That's your own one you do, is it all? Uh, yeah, well, no, we work on behalf of, uh, of our oh, client. Okay. It's a, it's a furniture trade show. Um, yeah, that's kind of more, that would probably work because it specializes in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's a pretty big project, you know, it'd be, if it goes ahead, it, it'd be, it'd benefit us a lot, but obviously it's yeah. still up in the air at the moment. Um, Keel, I wanted to ask you, I, I, I follow you a bit on Instagram. How are you enjoying working from home? And look, for me, I enjoy being like in the some job in that garden. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't do anything. Like, <laughs> like it's getting him in from the garden. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm doing his DIY key now at the moment. Um, look, it's a bit of crack. I'm back at home, back in Galway, um, enjoying it. Um, I do personally prefer the office environment. Um, I think it's much easier to zone out. You don't have someone walking in asking you, do you want a coffee? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. there's too many distractions I find at home personally. I like being in the office. I like having my own space. I like just tuning into work and that's it. Um, but then again, you know, there's only been there's only been a select amount of uh, work, I suppose, during this during this time. You know, a lot of the gigs that I do are all mass gatherings, as you know, with festivals and parades and Riverfest, that kind of stuff. So all that's been put on the back burner for the moment. So I suppose work for me has slowed down where the rest of the company are all doing the digital kind of stuff. To okay. me, an event is always a gathering of people. That's what an event is. Yeah, so yeah. I am really looking forward for events coming back um, back live rather than virtual. Yeah, yeah. But to answer the question, I prefer the I prefer the office environment. I just feel you can zone out. You can zone out of your personal life and just get stuck into work, and that's it. Um, so I'm looking forward to us heading back to the office. Yeah, I've heard from a few people, you know, that they're actually preferring the the way their lifestyle has sort of changed. Like a lot of people are exercising a lot more and. Um, you know, they, they don't have an hour or two commute every single day. So, you know, every, yeah, every cloud is a silver line, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose um, the, the benefits of this whole situation is we now know that the system works. We're, we're, we're busy all the time in the office. Everybody's busy. Um, James now, now knows that the, it works from home. So if someone wants, you know, potentially James might say, okay, you can work from home on the Friday you know, start that weekend. Because some people are living out and will say an hour and a half commute in and out. That's three hours a day. It's a lot when you're in Dublin. Um, so I suppose that's the benefit that might come out of it at the end, subject to each, each company. But they might say, right, you might be allowed to work from home one day a week, that kind of thing. If that happens, it, it, I can see it for the people that have the, the, the long commutes as a huge bonus and a huge benefit. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with those sick days, I'd say, James. It won't be, uh, I say, anybody fanning off with a cough or something won't be happening anymore. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it. I mean, they're going to, um, yeah, yeah, they're, uh, um, any, any sign of a cough or a sneeze, especially on a Monday morning, you know, yeah. like, hangover, like. 
he'd be uh, there'd be a bit of cough and he's spluttering coming into the office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what about yourself, James? How do you find working from home? I love it. I mean, I've no issue. I've got there's a kind of even bit of a chalet outside the house, so it's grand. It's perfect for me. It's um, it's got fiber broadband. We've got um, got our own, got my own space here. Um, so I'm I actually find it. Um, I find it very. I'm loving it. Um, yeah, yeah. The only side, obviously, is kind of the interaction with the team, a bit of crack. You know, you can have a lot more crack, obviously, if you're up around the office. And, uh, but from personal family's point of view, it's working well for me. But um, at the same time, you kind of want to get stuck back into it. It's the events I want to get back into. That's the reality of it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of so. You're not. Uh, you're not being kept up in the middle of the night like myself. So I, I oh, can't, right? can't stand yeah. the whole thing. Well, no, you've got a, a, a young child, have you? Sorry, no, I don't know, but I'm just, you know, just thinking about work. Oh, I suppose, spread, like, spread. Our spread. business is only a couple of years old, whereas you seem to have it figured out. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, come on, you know, it's very difficult. I mean, this, the reality from a financial point of view, no one's going to be making any money this year. It's going to be losing money. That's the reality of it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, no matter what they say, virtual or non or whatever people are doing, they're doing things, you know, to be innovative or try and, um, but there's no money being made from our point of view. The support's from the government, where we're all lobbying now at the moment to try and get them extended because um, obviously the event industry will be the last to recover, really. Yeah. First out, last in. Yeah, so. Um, you know, over in the UK, they've, they're expected to lose something like 58 billion pounds, the event industry. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's, I think it's you know the event industry is worth about six billion pounds the economy or six billion euros the economy in Ireland or something like that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You can imagine ninety nine percent of that's probably gone down the drain as well. Yeah. So, but hopefully, you know, what I mean, I'm very confident next year we'll be doing double the work. You know, double the events and people are really well. If you maybe not, you know, over the next 16, 20 months, it's really. And then we'll have moved on. You know, there'll be something else. We'll hit another challenge in a few years' time. That's the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder for next year as well, you know, I wonder, you know, if twice the amount of work is going to hit us, hit, come on top of us now next year, how is everyone going to manage it? You know, like what? Will we have to just double the workforce or, or what? I don't know, but it'd be interesting to find out. Just double the work. It'd be working twice as hard. And then, and that's the thing about at the moment. I, mean, I know people are getting a bit fed up with kind of being stuck at home and kind of, but kind of taking time out at the moment and kind of reflecting on this then when you're working twice as hard and going, well, look, to be fair, I had three months, four months doing nothing in 2020. So now I'm going to get double, double it up. But yeah, there will be, you know, there will be a resources kind of when things do spike, I think from a resources point of view, there will be a challenge there as well, you know. Mm. Are you, are you, oh, sorry, are you, um, how are you getting on in terms of like, um, like have you, you, have you like rented space and kind of, have you a lot of overheads essentially like being off or how is it working for you? Yeah, well, luckily enough, we got uh, our rents frozen, like our office rents and our Mm. warehouse rents frozen. Brilliant. um, up until June, to, and then it's been reassessed. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't really know how we're going to... We, I suppose we just have to jump that fence when we get to it. Mm. Uh, but that, it, you know, in, in a way, that was... It, it was it was a help. Mm. Um, 
then regards like I'm the only person working I, I have to come back into the office because I just wasn't getting enough done back uh, back at home so yeah um, at least I'm getting some use out of, out of and I'm the only person here as well so mm. um, other than that like everything else the banks in fairness to the banks they've actually been a lot more helpful than they have in the past uh, yeah. insur- like in vehicle insurance is the only thing we're really paying if I if, if I mm. have that um, if I'm right with that I'm not 100% sure but definitely vehicle insurance and I think everything else is more or less being frozen for indefinitely you know yeah well I think even the vehicle insurance I think you know you can even I mean there's a case we made there as well to try and manage that as well yeah. maybe you know if you tried or whatever but even there's a case we made on that but um, if, look, the reality is look, people will generally work with you in times like this I've been seeing I haven't heard of many cases now of people getting you know, pinned to the collar or people being put under a lot of pressure. Yeah, I'd be surprised. I don't think we have, like, you know, the, whether the power is within, I don't think anybody would have the, the heart to really do that to oh. small business or big business. I don't, I don't really know, but I'd be surprised if a lot, of, if there was, you know, financial pressure being put on business in the current situation. Um, do you think there's any, any sort of similarities between this and the recession back in 08 or 09? You use, you know, played through that, didn't you? Yeah. So, um, similarities. Like, you know, like business was obviously slow, I'd imagine, but it's, you know, is there anything, anything similar to us? Um, yeah, I suppose it's kind of, um, similar. Look, the similarities are every single kind of issue problem seems worse than the, uh, you know, seems worse than the one before. That's the reality of it. This one seems worse than the one before, but I actually think um, that with the, with the recession, I think we knew we were in for a long haul. Like that's one thing with the recession. I think it, I was kind of going, okay, this is going to be, it's almost like it's going to be baby steps to kind of recovery. Um, I because because everyone was crashed out like banks there's no liquidity I mean everything was crashed out I personally I, from my point of view I think that that's a lot different in, in terms of this one is like hopefully it's kind of going to be a spike you know um, but I knew kind of we knew back then that there was kind of it's going to be three four years to to, to any kind of growth or, uh, you know, to, to, so we were looking into a hard, long slog. Um, but I, you know, from, I can see a bit of a, it, it's a different, may play out a bit differently here because it's, it's, um, it's, it's something beyond our control in terms from a health perspective before it was like, um, it was, it was just, it was incompetence that created it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Uh, no one could really do much about it. But then it was it was just incompetence by financial institutions that drained it. But this time, I think people are more. There's a bit of a more community feel to the, to this one. You know, it felt like people were all on their own back in the recession. Yeah. 2008, one thing. You know, everyone's in fight for themselves. But I think there's a bit of a more of collaboration. Uh, feel about this and a bit of a more community aspect. Even what you're saying about kind of companies, like 
within the same industry coming together to work together to move on and be more positively to collaborate and grow together and get over it. What do we need to do together? Whereas back in the recession, it was like, right, okay, what do I need to do here? How do I need to get out of this? How do I, whereas it's kind of a bit of a more of a community feel about this, this time around. Yeah, yeah. It's good to see a lot of the companies innovating as well. Like even events companies, you know, you've seen a lot of the, um, a lot of guys producing, you know, flat pack furniture. And then there's a lot of, mm, mm. there's a lot of companies making like alcohol sanitizer. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's good to see it still going, you know, it's make sure it stays alive in some sort of way. Mm. But, um, yeah, so I suppose like if there was, if you had any advice that you could give to, I suppose any, any company in our sort of bracket, say like, you know, two or three years old, or even companies that have been around a while that are going to struggle now for the rest for the rest of the year, what would it be, do you reckon? Well, yeah, for manage your outgoings. That's the first thing anyway, to manage what you can in terms of your outgoings. And once you can manage that and kind of try and, you know, um, um, keep your, you know, your, obviously from our point of view, to keep our key key members, team guys together, our people are what make us. But um, it's just managing your outgoings, managing as much as you can in terms of what your costs are um, and trying to innovate, trying to do something maybe. The big word going around is pivot. You know, that's the yeah. big term. Like, you know, what's last big term is engaged, now we're to pivot. So you say, say manager outgoings there, you know, I just I don't, know, I don't know how you how you have your wage bill structured or whatever, but you can't. I, surely you can't be expected to pay full wages for the foreseeable future, can you? Well, no, but I mean, obviously the government supports help, but we will yeah. be. You know, there is. I mean, we're in a. For the moment, we're pretty good in terms of. You know, there is. We still have an income. You, you know, like we are still. Uh, like we do a lot of digital. We do a lot of uh, design. We do a lot of. Um, we do. We work with our clients in terms of developing, you know, brand and um, so. Look, we're not making any money. And we're not like we're not losing a lot, but there's still income there to try and you know to try and keep the right people, keep people motivated, and keep people pay- within reason. That's not going to last forever. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it might give us you know, but we 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 obviously everyone needs to see a turn, at which was going to happen. I'm confident of that. But as you were saying earlier, manage your outcomes, your rent, freeze your rent, get on top. But don't don't bury your head in the sand. Talk, think about right who do who do I need to pay? They'll work with you, and that's why there's such a good community feel about what's happening at the moment. I don't know how long that's going to last, but people are generally fairly compassionate when they can be. So you're freeze your guy is freezing your rent your landlord I mean you you just got to talk to him, keep him up to date. He understands what's going on. He can see like. You're an entrepreneur. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He can see that in you, and that's what that's what people need to get behind because that's what drives the everybody. That's what drives the economy. That's what drives you know where we're at. And people have compassion for that. So you're there. You're building your your company like us. You know we're driving it. You know we're, we're and people have respect for that. And once you're straight with people, and once you're being honest with them, and once you're saying right, you can see there's a pandemic. What? What can we do together to try and get over this? Yeah, yeah. Advice, like don't bury your head. Talk to people. Like talk to who you. That's are. what, and that's what this is all about, really. You know, it's 
I'm going to try and reach out. To, it's one about meeting new people, but one of the main things I want to do this talk and discussion is to just learn from others and, you know, try and figure out what everyone's doing in this situation. And, you know, it suppose better to bring it forward and continue, continue these discussions into the future, you know? Oh, definitely. But, I mean, look, you've... Um you're you're innovating yourself even what you're doing at the moment that's yeah sure you know that's what it's about so you're, you know you're thinking of other ways to communicate or how do we talk like that's what it's all about so yeah you know, sitting on your laurels and kind of, kind of you know I mean it's hard to be positive about it but to try and innovate in terms of creating right how do we try and make something um, productive out of this or how do we you know work to try and not necessarily spend money, but how do we do something innovative to get us out of this or get to the next stage or, you know, make our company better. Like it's not all about money to make the company better. It might be collaboration or it might be, okay, guys, well, let's have a thing, brains, whatever it may be. So, or diversify slightly. I wouldn't be diversifying too much. Yeah. I was thinking the exact same, you know, I just like, I don't know why uh, I wouldn't completely change the, the business direction, let's say, or the business um, model to just suit this virus, you know? So, exactly. Um, I, I, in, to a certain degree, but it'll work for some people. It won't work for everybody, I don't think. But um, No, I mean, people get into panic diversification as well. So they go, okay, quick, we need to flip everything. But I mean, you need to try and diversify within your own, your own offerings and what, you, what you're good at. Yeah. that was definitely me in the first fucking two weeks <laughs> and I'd set up like uh, an online store flipping like soap dispensers and uh, I, I just fucking lost it in the end I couldn't have it I, you know and then I just started losing my patience altogether so that's, that's where this baby fucking came from oh, yeah so <laughs> after, um, every, every day every day is a school day oh that's absolutely classic but um Anyways, lads, I'd say we'll finish it there. Thanks, thanks a million for taking your time to taking your Friday evening to come out and have a chat. Yeah, come here. We'll uh, hook up with you. Want to talk to you about other things in the next few days? Give us a shout, will you? Excellent, I will do. Yeah, do that. Make sure you do. Keelan, James, thanks a million. Good man. Thank you. Thank you.